You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. <laughs> this is episode 142 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and I've actually been looking forward to this conversation, Autumn. Oh, really? This one kind of took me to, by surprise. I had to look at it this morning. I'm like, oh, I need to come up with some tips. So I yeah. I did come up with a few, and I, I'm now excited to 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 talk about it but at first i was like geez this is so broad where do i start yeah, that was why i was looking forward to it because i was curious to see what you've come up with and uh, <laughs> and we're talking oh. about the best thing to do every day to co- become a better writer so right. this is yes. going to be interesting it will i think i i i came up with some stuff that i'm like yeah that's a good tip so i can't wait to find out what you came up with us you always research things oh, yeah plan a little bit more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it better, but at least I try. I put in That's the right. effort at least. <laughs> That's right. And it's not that I don't have the effort. I just, I I intensify my effort into a shorter amount of time. <laughs> yeah, like five minutes before we record. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was this morning. <laughs> a few hours ago. <laughs> okay, okay, well, okay. <laughs> so anyway. It was also only a few hours ago that I did it, to be honest. Okay, but, uh, hey, ooh, this will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> how but are at least you we have something life? planned. Yes, we have something planned. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Well, um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I, I was out doing my kayaking uh, course again oh, earlier this week, right. and I actually strained a muscle. Oh no! So, I well, it was it, it's one on my left side of uh, my torso, based somewhere. Uh, I I don't I don't know quite where it is, but it's oh. like um, when it happened, you know, I felt it right away. Something like happened uh-huh. in the muscles. It's like, uh, but then it didn't hurt too much. Then it was more like it was just a smaller inconvenience. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, it's it's okay. But then you know, when I once I got back home afterwards and I had taken a shower and I guess my muscles weren't in use anymore, then it started to become really sore and then. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday morning here it was just like oh my god I slept really bad all night because every time I turned I woke up and uh, it was the same last night so it's starting to feel a bit better now Uh, I can move my arms around like without hurting now so it's but I it's still if I do the wrong like move then I can still feel it but yeah, I don't know. These past two days, I've actually taken some naps <laughs> just to keep up with the lost hours of sleep at night. <laughs> oh, geez, that is pretty bad for you. That's were you doing like a roll or was it just um, paddling? No, I, I think it was when, well, because it's it's the course that we're taking now. So we're also practicing uh, falling into the water and getting yeah. back up on the kayak on purpose oh, and stuff yes. like that. And I think it was one of the times when I was getting back up. Mm-hmm. I think when I jumped up onto the kayak or something, I think that was when something happened. But oh. yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just, uh, I mean, it's funny because my wife has been teasing me because um, 
she started the kayaking uh, like six months before me. Uh-huh. And uh, when she came back, when she came back from kayaking, she was always like really like tired and you know mm-hmm. you could you could just see the workout on her uh how tired she was and and then and i was always like well is it really that hard because <laughs> you, you don't get your you know you don't get your pulse up you know you're not out of breath or anything right uh, and and now she's just laughing at me all the time because when i get back i'm just like oh my muscles are so because you're using all kinds of muscles that you don't normally use yeah and uh, so I'm just so sore when I go go back and really really tired from spending a couple of hours out on the sea. So uh, <laughs> she 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 for some reason she finds it incredibly amusing now. It's like I told you. <laughs> well, you know it comes back around. But I will say I I know my mom always told me that there's something about sea air that just makes you tired as well. Yeah, so it does indeed. Uh, I will I you know you can always bring that up saying well I'm out on the ocean <laughs> it makes you tired. Yeah. And I would imagine yeah, being well, I the sh- the shock of the cold water would, you know, kind of take a lot out of you too. Well, you, well, you have well, I don't know what the English words, but you have the gear on, you know. Yeah. So it's it's not really cold. I don't know what is called though. The wetsuit, I guess it's called yeah. a wetsuit, isn't it? It's either yeah, a wetsuit yeah. or a, wet or a dry suit. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I have a wetsuit on. Okay. So it's not that cold, really. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's cool. But um. But it's more the workout of it and all the using muscles that I don't normally use. Uh, I I run a lot, of course, because I'm yeah. a referee, uh, as, as <laughs> people have probably heard me talk about a million times before on this podcast. So running, I'm very used to, and I'm very using, used to using my leg muscles. But here you, you really use your upper body all the time, which I'm not used to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can feel that. I bet. Yeah, I, I know even with my little bit of exercise program I've been doing, I um, one day is like abs and legs and the next day is upper body and you can feel it takes two days to to work out I mean not nearly as bad as the first week I started the first day it did take me two or three days I really filled it but now that I'm in like my second yeah second week almost the end of my second week doing it it's rare when I have a day where I'm like oh but I did do something with my upper back arms because again you're not used to using some of those muscles and doing some weird no. up down plank move and i'm like yeah it's not even possible <laughs> and yeah it tends to be a little twingy the next day go figure <laughs> especially us writers who just sits in front of a computer all the time <laughs> writer graphic designer yeah website builder i i need my exercise program <laughs> i spend yeah. way too much time online <laughs> But otherwise, uh, things are going okay on you end. You had a storm coming or something, didn't you? Yeah, well, we just had the remnants of Hurricane Ida go through. And it wasn't actually that bad up here. But yeah, some people died in New York. And uh, my parents in Pennsylvania, they had three days of rain and their basement started flooding. So it was bad. But what further west, I think, of them, it the whole town was flooded through. So it was pretty intense. But yeah, we're, we have like, we've went from the 80s and like super high humidity. It was like 89 and like it felt like the rainforest again, which we've had almost all of August. And then overnight it blew out after the tail end of Ida. And it I've been wearing flannel. It's, it feels like September. It is 
cool and chilly and I'm thrilled, but I was like, okay, we've gone from high humidity and really steamy warm to, hey, it's New England and we're in the fall. <laughs> I'm just not yeah. ready for that, but <laughs> it's good. At least I've had my excitement this week as I've been preparing for Vermont's Fantasy Con, which is coming up October 2nd and 3rd. If there's any other New England authors fantasy authors or readers which most of us are readers come to burlington october 2nd and 3rd i'm going to be there i'm going to be on panels and talking i think we're doing a live podcast i somehow signed myself up for everything including organizing <laughs> a uh, paperback giveaway i don't know i just it's just my nature i get excited but I've done all new swag. I just ordered new bookmarks for my two series and some new banners and a new tabletop display. I ordered all my books. So I have all this author stuff coming and I'm going to, I'll have to do some like unpacking boxes and videos because I am so excited to get author swag. It'll be great. A week on the internet with the am writing fantasy podcast. And we have also, apart from all that other stuff you have ongoing there, Autumn, we also started a, a brand new initiative here we decided for for the podcast. And I don't know, maybe you want to explain what that is all about, Autumn. Again, you're not preparing me. This was originally my idea, so I think I can wing this one. But you didn't Yeah, that's what me. I'm thinking. You, you can manage. <laughs> all right. So I know this idea. I was reading some really good books this summer, some like award-winning novels that were just I wanted to talk about them with other authors, just pull them apart because that is the best way to learn. It's like I, maybe I'm missing like those college courses, the ones that never actually happened and were actually fun, where you could really look at a novel and pull out its world building, see why, why is this novel selling so well? Why do readers love it? So I wanted to start a crit author's critical reading group because critical reading, like really not just reading a book and saying, oh, that was good and tossing it aside and reading the next one, but really asking questions and pulling it apart and looking at the point of views and the trends, the tropes, everything that's going on in it that makes this novel tick and why it's really as captivating as it is. Doing that with other authors is a fantastic way to learn. And it's gone through a few different iterations as we tried to pull this together. And you came up with the idea of somehow pulling it into the podcast. And I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Yeah, I think after almost 150 podcast episodes, <laughs> it was a time to it's time to shake things up a little. Um, right. So what we decided to do was basically that once a month we will pick a book that we're going to read. I'm going to explain the books for October just in a second. Yeah. Um, and then we will read uh, one of these books that gets picked, uh, which mm -hmm. is going to be picked by you, the audience, in the Am Writing Face Fantasy Facebook group and also for the Patreon supporters. You'll be able to vote once a month on which book we should pick. And then obviously it would be awesome if you want to read along. Uh, so you can read the book while we're also reading the book and then... Uh, we will dedicate one podcast episode a month to basically do a bit of critical discussion around that book that was then mm -hmm. chosen. Um, and if you're a patron supporter, then you will be able to actually submit your views as well before the episode uh, recording happens. Mm -hmm. So we will basically take your inputs on board as well. Probably read, maybe not all of it, but probably some of it aloud mm -hmm. on the podcast and discuss your points of view as well. So that's sort of the idea. And uh, to kick things off, we already uh, 
by the time this podcast episode airs, <laughs> we already did the voting. So for this month, you're too late. Uh, but if you're in the <laughs> I'm Writing Fantasy Facebook group, you will have seen it. Or if you're a patron supporter, you will, you will have seen it. And if you're not in the group, then get in there. So the next month, at least, you will see the voting when it comes up. But yes. we will be reading one of the following three books. It's either going to be The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. And uh, this book has over 5,500 reviews on Amazon US with a 5.5 star rating. So that's pretty damn good book. And apparently. awesome <laughs> world building. Oh my gosh, the world building in that one. <laughs> yeah. Or we're going to read the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. And this is not only a Hugo award-winning fantasy novel. Each book in the series has also been award- awarded separately. So... It has over 7,000 reviews on Amazon and a 4.5 star rating. And um, that's the second option. Mm-hmm. And the last option is Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. I guess that's how you say it. Yeah. Bardugo, 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 something yeah. like that. <laughs> well, it's basically the books behind the Netflix series Shadow and Bone. And uh, this book has over 19,500 reviews. That's crazy. A little popular. Uh, a little. Yeah. So... <laughs> By the time this episode airs, the voting will have finished. Uh, but right now, that while we are recording, it has not. So I can't say which one yeah. it's going to be picked. But just go into the M Writing Fantasy Facebook group. And if you're not a member already, just get in there. And you can find the post where uh, we will have announced by the time that this episode goes out. We will announce in the Facebook group which of the books X is picked. And then you can you can buy that book as well. And you can read along. And then in October, we will then have a podcast episode where we basically discuss what we what we thought about the book and yes. do some critical discussion around it. Yes, and I'm so looking forward to it. And you want to join the Facebook group anyway, because the discussion after the podcast will carry on in the group. So that way we'll have an ongoing discussion with other authors about the tropes and the trends and the characters and all the things we learned by reading this book. Yeah. So this is a bit of an experiment trying to shake things up a bit in terms of uh, podcast episodes for you going forward here. So we're very curious, of course, to see how this goes and if people enjoy it and if people will actually start reading along and communicating in the Facebook group about uh, their views of the book and so on. We we hope that it's going to be a bit interactive in the sense that uh, you as listeners are engaged with the stuff that we're doing here as well, because I think that would be quite entertaining and funny for everybody. Um, and if you do, as I said, if you do want your comments and viewpoints of the book to be included in the discussion here between Autumn and myself, you need to get on Patreon. Um, it, it goes down to as little as a dollar a month, so yeah. it doesn't really cost much at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, $1 a month on Patreon will allow you to submit your views of the books as well. And there is a link in the show notes to patreon so go and check that one out there's also all kinds of other things rewards that we are offering to uh, support us there so and speaking of patreon we also want to offer a huge thank you to steven for becoming a patreon supporter welcome yeah it's because of people like you steven that we keep this podcast going so uh, thank you so much for your support on patreon we appreciate having you there and on to today's topic. Uh, so, like you also <laughs> said at the top, Autumn, there's so many ways you could approach this topic. And uh, there's probably loads of things one could do to become a 
better writer and I've definitely collected a few things here. Excellent. And I was sort of thinking we could just go over what we each have, Autumn, and then okay. by the end, we can see if we can sort of agree on one of the things that is the best of them all, sort of. Okay. So you want to list if we can, them off? Or we can try. Alternate? Yeah. Well, I have a feeling there's at least a couple top ones that will really help you become a better writer. Yeah, maybe. Because, because honestly, I feel like at least the ones I tried to only pick like stuff that I thought was fairly important. <laughs> but I'm really struggling to figure out if one of them are better than the other. But let, let's see. Let's see how we how we go. Here. Okay, sounds good. Do you want to alternate or just read off our lists or describe things? How do you want to do it? No, let's alternate a bit. That's okay. more fun, I think. All right. And you want to start with the top top one or do you want to like do the more just random i yes. think oh well if okay. you can you can do that if but i have not at least i have not mine listed in order of importance it's just random order mine so okay. but if you can do that yeah that's fine. yeah i think i like i said i have one or two that i think are the definite things that really these are the things you have to do to become a better writer so i can start at the bottom of my list okay all right you ready yeah i'm ready all right so I think one of the things that is a, in a general, something that is going to make you a better writer is to write something that you're actually interested in. And the reason is if you aren't enjoying it, you won't put in the effort that you might have otherwise. And you will just, you won't make as much time for it. You'll just kind of maybe just, Oh great. I have to do five minutes. Great. And you'll just, you know, word vomit some stuff out and be done with it. But if you write something you're actually passionate about, don't worry about the marketing yet. If you really want to learn to be a better writer, enjoy the craft, put in some love and time and write something you love, write something you would love to read. And I think you will become a better writer because you'll put so much time and effort into it. Hmm, yeah, actually, I can cross one of my off the list, basically, more or less with that. I, I worded it slightly different, but I, I think it's the same thing. I was talking about trying to write something that sort of sits in the middle of that Venn diagram between oh, what yeah. you love, but also what readers want to read. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you're just, I guess if you're just writing for yourself, then don't worry about what readers want to read. But if you want to earn a bit of money from it, I think understanding the market and, and what readers want, that will also make you a better writer. That's true. Uh, because you will be able to write books that people want to read, which I think is quite important. But yes. uh, I, but not not everybody. Some people don't write because they want to sell anything. So so that's fair enough. Yeah, I think but it depends. I, on... I think I can cross that one off the list, right? Because it's very similar to what you just said. Yes, I think so. But you're right. It it definitely depends on what your end goal as an author. What what meaning a better writer? What that means to you? And that might have been right where we started. Is like defining what is a better writer? Do you just pull words together? Do you tell more captivating stories? Are you selling more books? What is your definition? Start there. And then you'll at least have some goals to like, you'll know when you hit your target. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. So yeah, I think that, that, that is a good one. Um, All right. Probably not the one that we're going to pick as the most important one, but it's good. That's why it's the bottom of my list. So you want to, since we, since you had a similar one to me, do you want to pick a different one? Yeah. Yeah. So let okay. me start with a piece of advice that, You've probably seen very, very often also because a very, very famous author wrote it in a book about writing that he wrote. Um, and it is called 
right every day. <laughs> and I was sort of wanting to discuss this one a bit because, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the whole thinking behind this one. And, of course, I also fully agree and understand that to become a re- better writer, you have to write. If you don't write, you're not, never going to get any. I mean, study, studying writing and listening to podcasts about <laughs> writing but not writing is not going to make you a better writer. Uh, it is like a muscle, like like me spraining muscles because I don't train enough, right? <laughs> if if I was trained enough, then uh, it wouldn't happen, right? So writing is the same thing. It's it's a muscle that you need to train. So I'm fully on board with all of that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I'm not so sure about, and which is probably also why this one shouldn't make the final selection, I guess, but it's the writing every day part. Because mm-hmm. I'm less convinced about that, to be honest. If If it works for you, then great. But if it sort of stresses you out, um, I'm not so sure it's helpful, is it? No, I, I agree. You shouldn't create stress. And I know I used to say write every day, but recently some toss-ups between exercising and then my husband getting a job where sometimes he has to leave really early and I'm the cook, so I make him breakfast. And it's like, I can't, I used to get up and I would write first thing in the morning. And if I didn't do it then, it would be all screwed up and there's days that I'm like, okay, just a deep breath, you know, do what you have to do, fit it in later. And if you don't fit it in, don't beat yourself up, you know, fit in what you can. Don't have this major goal that if you don't do it, you know, you're just going to break down and cry and I'll come to be like, I didn't finish that chapter today. So <laughs> be forgiving of yourself and your writing partners, please. <laughs> because life can get hectic, but I do think it helps to have a writing goal for maybe the week one that is manageable. Yeah, I like that like, better. Yeah, you know, I think I used to have one. And I think it was just three chapters or something. You feel accomplished to finish that many. If you go over it, you feel great. But having one that is doable, I think, is more important. But maybe being creative every day, because I have to admit, some weekends recently, I haven't been necessarily writing as much as I used to. And maybe I'll find myself drawing or something a little bit more because it's the weekend and I'm going to spend time with my husband or something else. It's it's good to be yeah. creative every day. But I agree. But also what you were saying about it being a muscle. This one is one I think I would I would have put towards the end of my list. And I do actually have write on it. Just write is one of the book, most important things you can do. I mean, you can be creative in a blog post, an Instagram post. Just be creative. But it's the I had this conversation with some people. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to wait till I'm inspired. And I understand that, but sort of what you're saying, writing is a muscle. And if you write often enough, you know, a certain goal every week, when you are inspired, you can grab that and really churn out some amazing prose. Where if you're still a novice because you haven't written since the last time you were inspired, which might have been a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever that was, your muscle's going to be kind of, you know, squishy and you're not going to do as much. It's not going to be as good. So write, even when you're not inspired, because you want to build up that muscle so you can really pounce on those days where you have time and you're excited about it. Yeah, I agree. Fully agree. Well, go figure. We often agree on things, which is why we've had a business together for like four years. (laughs) It definitely helps. (laughs) It definitely does help. We do not have a contentious relationship. We should just let people know that now. (laughs) Yeah. We, we, when we are doing our top 10 worst lists that's and we argue about the best are. ones, that's uh, that's like the exception that confirms the rule. Exactly. <laughs> well, we have to 
poke and prod each other to even get a little grouchy. So <laughs> it's kind of <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Though I still think my husband and you are going to so team up on me when we finally get together. I'm going to I'm gonna have to be ready. I'm going to have to make friends with your wife a little bit better so that we have a strategy in place. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think you will have any trouble teaming up with her. If, if it's about <laughs> teasing me, she will be on board right away. Awesome. <laughs> I don't trust I shouldn't Adam, have said though. that. That was a mistake. <laughs> no, forget about that. That's <laughs> no, all right. I already know I don't trust Adam. He likes undermining me, so I'm a nervous. <laughs> We're not going to do the spousal podcast interview. That's just going to go bad. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We don't want to go there. <laughs> no. All right. So moving on, I will. I could give in my next tip. And that is, yeah. if you are writing, let's say you are an inspired time, or you just actually have some real decent writing time, which doesn't happen that often, but maybe it's a Saturday and everyone's quiet and they're away or whatever. Um, if you have some good writing time and you're planning on writing for a good stint, I would say use the Pomodoro technique, which is a technique you can Google it. There's also somebody has renamed it the tomato technique, but excuse me, it's much older. It's called the Pomodoro. And that's where you do sort of sprints where you write for a certain amount of time and then you take like a five minute break. So maybe it's 15, 5, 15, 5. And then when you hit the end of an hour, it's a longer break. And this really helps because you can work on something. And even when you're passionate about it, once you hit that you know, sometimes it's it's different for everyone. Sometimes it's 45 minutes, sometimes it's 90 minutes. It depends on you. Your brain is just going to be like, the ideas aren't there. It's not gelling. It's starting to just be a little bit of out of reach. And so it really helps to have breaks, to know that you're going to have a break. I think it's really important to keep your mind fresh. So I would really recommend that. It's a good way to improving your writing overall is not to just push through for two hours, three hours, whatever you have. You need to get up, stretch, <laughs> move. Uh, it really mm. helps you. Yeah. Um, I think actually it probably dovetails very nicely with the next one I wanted to say. Oh, excellent. We might have planned that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but um, this one is uh, quite important to me, I think, because okay. this one was one that I've sort of learned recently. Mm. Um, because perhaps actually thinking about it, perhaps we should record a podcast episode about this in Ooh, next month or something. But it's basically, I guess I could best sum it up as quality over quantity. Mm. And what I mean by that is that I've been trying over the last couple of months to try to write faster, to just see if I can get through the first draft quicker and i think it would probably would be worth discussing it in a bit more in depth maybe next month in a podcast episode about number one how to write faster but Mm -hmm. also if you are one of those people who want to write faster what you should be mindful about because what i learned was that the faster i wrote the more enjoyment disappeared from my writing Mm-hmm. And it it started to feel like I was just cranking out words because I needed to crank out words rather than enjoying telling a story, yeah. um, which I thought was quite eye-opening for me because I actually didn't expect that. Um, so for me, I think if you focus more on quality than quantity, it will make you a better writer. And then that's not to say that there's anything wrong with writing faster and some people enjoy that. That's absolutely fine. But I, I think that should probably 
come down the road somewhere once you know you know you feel very comfortable with, with riding which was the case for me uh, it i start, only started trying to ride faster like several years after i started riding in the first place so probably yeah actually five years ago <laughs> so or five and a half i think but never mind that uh, but i just think that it's it's important to um to make sure you're enjoying what you're doing if you want to be a better writer. I guess that's I, how I could best word it. Yeah. I wish I could say I totally disagree, but no, I I feel this one too. I think we both had that realization within the last year because even when I was working on the Tainted Face series that I just published, and I loved the books and I loved the stories, but there was times I was working on it and pushing through stuff faster than I thought, you know, I knew I could even do better if I spent more time on it, if something about the whole production schedule of trying to write things so fast that you lose that enjoyment and then you start questioning. And then if the book doesn't do well, because you never know if a book is going to do well, if it does great, fantastic. But no. if you realize, well, I didn't enjoy it much. It's a, I love the story, but you know, it's not making me millions of dollars. I think I would have enjoyed writing it slower. I would have enjoyed just the process. I missed like when I was writing my debut novel, and I just wrote words for the sheer love of writing those words and describing that world. And I sometimes think, even though it was my debut novel, and I think it's the worst thing I've ever written, I think there's a little bit of that soul in there, uh, that sheer enjoyment and love of that world mm. that it cannot be replicated yeah. just because I want to write faster. And so I think... I agree. I think if you really want to be a good writer, no matter how fast you write it, if you're losing that soul and that wanting to be immersed in that world, you're losing something. Mm. Okay, good. Well, good. Well, that kind of dovetails. It's not the one I was going to use next, but it fits with that one. And I would say if you want to be a better writer, you need to read, which fittingly, we already mentioned the critical author reading group. Hint, hint. But I had yes. enjoyed, I I had been not enjoying reading very much recently, but then I decided I'm reading the wrong things. And I started really upping my game and going for the Hugo award-winning novels and literary fantasy, which once I hit some of those ones that were just outstanding and I fell in love with the worlds and the characters and then wanted to, you know, tear them apart in a good way to see why they were so good it totally mm. changed even what I was looking at in my book saying, Oh gosh, you know, I used to enjoy this more. I used to do this more. I want to, especially literally the Hugo award-winning novel that we've mentioned, uh, the fifth season. It is a very high level. It is very, very close to literary fantasy instead of just being epic fantasy. It's, it's got some word choice and points of view that are really literary fantasy esque, but I loved it. Oh my gosh. It made me think and wondering why it was working that way. And just, why the characters were certain ways. And I just thought this is fun. This is what I love about writing. And I think it's important, whatever it is, whatever it is about writing or reading even that you like, remember that when you're writing, because you want to pull that in. That's what you want to imbue your own writing with is those elements. And if that is intense plotting or intense characterization, or just really beautiful words that everyone tells you, kill your darlings, but you just love them. Go write your heart out. It'll make you a better writer. You might have to edit some of it out, but 
you know, again, capturing that essence and often finding that inspiration of reminding you of why you are a reader, what it is about the genre that makes you love it will help you be a better writer in it. Right. Yeah. I also had study, study the writing of the best I also had on my list, but that was exactly what you just said. So, uh, so that's good. Uh, but I also had, I also had reading every day as a, a separate line, other than study the writing of the best. Because, uh, of course, studying the writing of the best, like you said, it's it's about understanding the story structure, the tropes, and uh, of course, it'll, it will increase your vocabulary as well. Um, but. There are also days where I don't get to read, uh, just like with the writing. It's it's not necessarily every day I do it, but I try to read most days of the week as much as I can. I I do try to do it. But one of the things that I often see debated, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure I have the answer for it, to be honest, but it is whether you should stick to reading in your genre or you it's better Mm -hmm. to read very widely so that you get all kinds of other impressions about writing and so on and i i think for one if you haven't read enough in the genre you're writing then you need to read those yeah, uh, because you need to understand those tropes but but if we're assuming you already understand the genre uh, then i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to try to read a bit wide as well um, we have been looking at writing some murder mystery stuff uh, and I've actually picked up a couple of books that has nothing to do with fantasy, but they are murder mysteries. Be- just because I wanted to see how, let's say, outside the fantasy genre, people who are very, very popular and good at writing murder mysteries, how do they do it? When it, uh, Just from a plotting perspective, that w- I thought that was interesting. No, I agree. I, I I agree. If you're going to write in like, especially a new genre or subgenre that you're not that familiar with, make sure you're reading a few books in it. I, I've coached a few authors who are like, oh, I've written this, you know, I've written 60,000 words of this novel, but I've never read a thriller before. And they're writing a thriller. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, you're and they fight me with all my advice. And I'm thinking, just please go read one one of them before you turn away all my advice but yeah. yeah if you haven't if you haven't read it before then don't try to write it that's for sure you will you will if your book takes off and you have never read a single series or novel in what you're writing it's going to be a miracle because mostly readers they have things they expect and if you are not familiar with those aspects i mean it might even be first person versus third person point of view when i wrote my first dystopian story almost every dystopian story is in first person and i don't really like it and if it entered my head that you know this is what the genre expects i probably never would have even tried it but you can always learn from those genres and you can pull like you're saying murder mysteries you can do a murder mystery fantasy you can criminal thriller fantasies, you know, Sherlock Holmes meets fantasy. These are becoming sort of a mishmash that people like. It's okay to mix up tropes and mix up some of your storytelling as long as you're doing it well. And also realizing that, you know, maybe some mashups might not work well. Uh, Cozy mystery with like dark gallows murder, you know, (laughs) might not, you know, there's a few things that maybe the readers of each genre are not going to like each other so there there are those elements but otherwise yeah you can learn and get really exciting tidbits i mean you want to learn to do some foreshadowing 
read some murder mysteries. They're fantastic. They do such a good job to make you sit there and try to figure it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. okay. Do you have any more on your list? Oh, yeah, I actually have a few. <laughs> I was prolific. Yeah, I also have a couple still. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so my next one, to be a better writer, this is a very simple one, but I think it's very important. Turn off your Wi-Fi, or if you really think you're going to have to Google something, make sure you turn off all your social media apps, hide your phone, give it to your five-year-old and make sure he can't buy anything from Amazon while you're while they're holding it. But even if you have to use those apps that keep you locked out of your social media accounts for like half an hour, do that because you need to focus on writing when you're actually writing. You can't get that little wall and moment of distraction and just go and automatically jump to Instagram. It's not going to help you. Actually, I will say that I don't have that problem. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, when I write, I don't end up spending all the time on Facebook or something instead. So, but I do do understand and know a lot of people do have that problem. Mm -hmm. So, so in that sense, for sure. But it's called, it, it of course also depends on the individual person, whether or not that's a problem or not. But I think, what I also had on my list, which is basically, I think it's the same root explanation or root cause for becoming a better writer mm -hmm. as were you were just saying. And it is basically about respecting your writing time. Right? Yes. So if you, you mentioned early on, maybe set some weekly writing goals or something, you know, keep the promises that you make with yourself and follow through on those and respect your yeah. writing time so that you actually get that done instead of spending all your time on Instagram or YouTube or something. So I think that's the core of it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. Well, that actually crossed one more of my list because <laughs> that was the same thing I was going to say, but then I want to say something else. Okay. Because, um, well, we, uh, we trade in the stuff ourselves, uh, but, and that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because I think it's important but uh, educate yourself is on uh, my list because you have to do the writing at the same time, of course, like we said before, listening to mm -hmm. podcasts or taking writing courses will not teach you how to write unless you're writing. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is very, very well-spent money if you try to, while you are writing, also educating yourself, you know, take some online courses. Uh, we have several of them if you want, but <laughs> take some online courses and yes. uh, try to learn uh, because it will improve your writing a lot. Yes. And so I, of course, agree. That's, the, that's it. <laughs> yes. Between the books we have and the education, you could tell. I mean, part of the reason the first writing course uh, de we developed came from the fact that I took two adult ed writing courses um, at my local place in Maine. And they were just so bad and they were not devoted to fantasy. They were devoted more to memoirs. And there was times they were ripping apart the fantasy writers in the group for doing stuff. And I just wanted to know why, you know, how am I supposed to write this then? If obviously these people are not teaching me and that pain, it led to a course for fantasy writers because, you know, I, someone needs to teach this. It's, there's so much to learn and so many tips and so many ways of doing things and developing characters. And, it's good to be curious, pick up a book, pick up a course, you know, spend some time reading blog posts. We have a ton of blog. We have like 200 blog posts on the I'm writing fantasy oh website. God, yes. It's insane. Well, it's been going on for years. podcast episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we got some stuff for you. They're free. Just go listen. And 
it'll make you curious. It'll make things spark, just sort of like reading books in your mind. So I agree. This one was on my list. So this time I get to cross it off. But yes, educate yourself. Be curious about the craft and learn to do it better is a very important thing. And I think to add to that, and it sort of went with what we've both been saying about goals and stuff, is to develop a routine and honor it. Like you said, if you can say, this is my writing time, just like how I said, normally I'm going through a change that hasn't clicked fully into place, but my writing time used to be first thing in the morning. Get my tea, go and write for an hour or so. And now that's all gotten all jumbled and I have yet to figure it out. It's just stressing me out a little bit, but that's okay because it's a change. I had a writing time that I honored and that worked for me. And before that, when I had my full-time job, it would get home, give my husband a kiss, get my tea, and I'd write for 45 minutes. And that's how I did like 12 books, 45 minutes a night mm. after I got home. It was like, hi, hon, nice to see you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm going to go right now. Yeah. That's just it. You have to get your family to understand or at least to leave you alone and turn off your Wi-Fi or at least your social media apps if you have a tendency to you know, try to distract yourself with them. But fine routines, whatever it is, sometimes you need that too to like sink into, okay, it's my writing time. For me, it was getting a cup of tea, but maybe you need to listen to music. I used to have a page of George R.R. R. Martin that I just thought was like the most beautiful imagery in the world. And I'd read that and then I'd be like, yes, I'm ready to write. So find those cues that tell your brain, now it is time to turn on the writing Mm. and settle into that and have it and get your mind used to it. So that way, if you don't have it, sort of like I recently have had my little hiccup, you miss it. You really crave it. And that's that's a good thing. Okay, yeah. And also along the lines of educating yourself, then I would say learn how to make sure that Every single chapter grabs the reader. Ah, that's a good one. I agree. Actually, that kind of goes with one. Very similar. To... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's very aligned with what we've already said, but then still, it's just slightly different. Uh, yes. But if you can grab the reader in every chapter, we will definitely be a better writer. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. Because sort of going along with that, I actually have learned to plot because I do think panthers can write well, but I think understanding plot and plot structure is something that will make you a better writer and whether that wants to fall under education or you know learning to make chapters that are really gripping those are like some of the techniques that i think you need to educate and read how other authors do it figure it out and by unpacking those specific techniques of writing really gripping chapters or learning to write a really engaging plot that's character driven when you understand those really core techniques, you will be a better writer as well. And I think it does take a couple of books and some education and some thinking to realize how that brainstorm moment of, oh, this is how it all comes together. And when that happens, you will be a much stronger writer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I only have one more on my list, Autumn. I only have you? one more on my list. That's really funny. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> all right. So what's yours? <laughs> Um, mine is something that I've actually talked about several times on the podcast before, um, but it is about getting feedback, but it comes with a caveat. And this is the part that I've said on previous episodes, because be very, very careful not to ask (laughs) for feedback from a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. because especially when you're starting out, you don't know what is good feedback and what is bad feedback. And 
also, if you're getting feedback from a lot of people, you'll get a lot of conflicting feedback, mm. which is not very helpful either because you don't know which ones is, is correct and which ones are wrong because you don't have the experience. So I would say preferably if, of course, this is going to cost some money, but if you can, it's best to work with a developmental editor mm-hmm. who can who knows what they're talking about and they can help you. Um, that would be the by far the best thing. But if you can't afford that, then pick maximum one or two writers who who you trust and who you know have a proven track record, meaning that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then listen to what those one or two people are saying and not, nothing else. But do get some feedback because if you're writing in isolation, it's very difficult to understand you know you might well (laughs) you might be the blind leading the blind kind of situation i mean you're just stumbling ahead and you don't quite know and that's not to say that it can't work it can but you might end up writing five bad books that nobody likes and then you'll (laughs) sort of figure it out um but getting some feedback from somebody who knows what they're doing and couple that with educating yourself then i think you will get to a better place much, much faster than if you don't do these things. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I can't believe I didn't include feedback in my list, but that is really true. And what you said is very true. I mean, you want to choose who you get feedback from. It should be like an author you respect. If you can afford it, a writing coach or a developmental editor will be worth their weight, especially for your first Maybe not your first book, maybe. I mean, that would be fantastic. But even your second or yeah. your third, whenever you can afford it, it's worth it. Because otherwise, you can't see, you know that about your life, you can't see your own blind spots. Because they're blind spots where someone else will Indeed. read it and be like, oh, this is where you're doing it wrong. But if you don't get blind someone spot. who... Yeah, that's why it's a blind spot. The name gives blind. it away. <laughs> that's a good name. <laughs> Whoever came up with that one knew what they were talking about. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's and if you get too many other people or maybe beta readers or people who just like, oh, I don't like it. And they don't give you very specific feedback. They don't really understand plotting and structure and character development. That's not going to help you learn. It might just make you really frustrated or even steer you in the wrong direction. Just trying to write something that, you know, someone who absolutely adored Twilight loved. And you're suddenly trying to write Twilight when you were more going towards, you know, Tolkien. It's not going to really help you improve. It's just changing your direction. All right. So okay. my last one, which is kind of a strange one, maybe, but it's okay. to do something inspiring. Just, you know, mm-hmm. exercise, take a walk. Movement really loosens up your ideas as well as your body. So, my last one is actually do something that'll inspire you and keep your creativity growing. And along with that, kind of like tailored to it, keep a notebook with you if at all possible. You want to be able to capture ideas and remember to look at them and maybe organize them, put them in a Scrivener file or something. You don't want to come up with ideas and never look at them again. That's not the point. But if you can get out and do something different and creative, fun with your family, make up stories, whatever it is, that'll but you know, that'll loosen up your ideas in everything and you will be surprised at what comes. But if you don't remember to write them down, you will lose them and that's not going to help you either. So make sure you have some way of taking notes and go do something fun. Mm. I don't know if we can do this, Autumn, but uh, (laughs) does any of all of these advices sort of stick out to you as the most important one? 
I don't know. Don't know. It's like part of me wants to say, educate yourself. I think being curious about how to be a better writer is going to make you a better writer very quickly because you're curious about it. So you're learning. But I also think having yeah. goals, like weekly goals, that really helped me. I guess that helped me write more, which helped me eventually become a better writer. But I think curiosity, be curious how to be a better writer, whether that's through education, um, reading, whatever that takes, that's going to get you going and at least make you unpack things. Every Everything you touch, you'll be pulling it apart, whether it's marketing copyright, which is always good to know as a writer, or someone else's book. Okay, so I think... Uh... Yeah, being curious probably encompasses a lot of the things that we've talked about here. So, But otherwise, I think the listeners can pick the ones that you feel talk the most to you. Um, but uh, yeah, I do definitely think making sure that you educate yourself is incredibly important. And, and also, I would say, unfortunately, I think too many people skip that part. Um, so yeah, there is that. Okay, so next Monday, we are going to have a discussion about marketing to different generations of readers. Are they all different or are they the same? If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>